Welcome back to episode 37, another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. We are back after our little hiatus once again. Sometimes life happens and need a little breaks. Jeff Shanahan, David Van Bogen, and all the way from Canada, Ryan Dempsey is back with us. Hey guys, how's it going? Awesome. It's been two weeks off and it was refreshing to have... um, but, you know, I missed it. Oh, yeah. uh, I always miss doing this, and I'm ready to go. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. So. We took two weeks off. The MMA world did not stop. And uh, <laughs> hopefully you've been keeping up with our Facebook page uh, and know what the hell's been going on and haven't just been relying on the show to tell you news. Cause yeah, there's been a lot of stuff a lot. shared. A lot. A lot of stuff shared. Yeah, you know, we, we take two weeks off, and we have John Davis commenting on Way of the Warriors page. Where are you guys? I know. Uh, we're we're going to have a, a war going on between us soon. Yeah, we don't Well, we don't need to spark up the territory wars. I mean, we're already both representing West Michigan MMA, so... And the city of Grand Rapids shits on the city of Muskegon, so oh we, we lose that fight. We're like we're like little brother. We are kind of. Yeah, we get and beat both, up both, both of you guys have Kitchener on, you know, both the way of the warrior and, and uh, average Joe's. So I mean, I'm like the child in a messy divorce if that happens. You kind of <laughs> are, man. I mean, technically, the way of the warrior is kind of the father of average Joe's MMA. Yeah. So <laughs> you are the child of divorce. We just we we took custody of you. We bring yeah. you on more than they do. Eric, Eric just calls you when Ken's not available because he's hanging out with Nelly or some shit. Whatever the hell was going on that night. So last Saturday night, some concert was happening. Yeah, some concert in Grand Rapids. I don't even remember what was playing. We had a card last Saturday night, as we've had pretty much every week for the last. 37 months and will continue to have for the next 16 years because the UFC just doesn't stop except for Christmas. They're a machine. They're worse than the WWE. We're getting to that point. Uh, UFC 203 (laughs) took place last Saturday night from Cleveland, the home of both Steve Miocic and the NBA champion Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland is now the city of champions. It is the city of champions, man. You know, the Indians are looking pretty good. They got a good shot going into the postseason for baseball at being there. The Browns Browns are are a fucking mess. The Browns are a mess. RG3. The Browns have the Lions on the schedule, though. They might have one win. Listen, the Browns are not beating the Lions. (laughs) We should point out to to, to people that Ryan is from Canada, but yet is a goddamn Packer fan. I don't get that. How does that happen? He doesn't have allegiance. Listen, look at this man's sports franchises. He's a fucking Boston Red Sox fan. Not even a fan of the Blue Jays. Listen, okay, (laughs) Um, I was an Expos fan my entire life. The second the Expos left Montreal, I had to choose. So you chose Boston. Don't cheer for Toronto. My dad likes the Red Sox, so I was halfway there. All right, I guess. It's an Irish town. Family team. To be fair, Boston is an Irish town. But he's a Packer fan. That I don't get. You live closer to Detroit than you do Green Bay. So when everyone's shoving Detroit in my face, I wanted to see them lose. So I went for the Packers. Oh, and God. I will point out, the first the first football game I ever watched was the the Super Bowl where Denver beat Green Bay. And that's what made me a Packer fan, was the loss. What about... Uh, Gross. So, <laughs> what about basketball? Canadians don't give a uh, shit about fan of, uh, More fan of players than anything else. Okay. The only sport I like you in is hockey. Go Wings. Yeah, that's the only sport we can be friends. 
Because I don't give a shit about and basketball. Go team Canada. <laughs> you guys can have Babcock. Good luck with that. <laughs> Keep him. That's why I tell my same friend, my buddy Jay's a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and I was like, thank you guys for taking Babs. <laughs> we're, now we're even for when we took Cujo away from, from the Leafs, and you guys got better, <laughs> and we sucked. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, the Leafs had the better offer because they were giving uh, they were giving Babcock summers off starting in May. That's true. He hasn't had summers off in years, not since he left before he left Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's so get. Who stop picking on me and talk MMA now, or what? What's that? Can we stop picking on me and start talking MMA, or what? Yeah, Please. yeah. I was I was I was ready, just getting ready to segue into that. So. <laughs> Like we said, a championship fight would happen last Saturday night in Cleveland. Stipe Miocic stepped into the cage for his first title defense against the Reem, Alistair Overeem. It took Stipe all of uh, 4 minutes and 27 seconds to finish, brutally finish, Alistair Overeem by TKO. Not uh, not after Mr. Miocic himself had it, was in a little early trouble when uh, Alistair caught him. Got him with a nice shot, dropped him on his butt, and sunk in a guillotine. But Stipe fought out of it quick, thankfully, and, and got himself out and turned the tides of the fight and ended up finishing him. Ryan? Yeah, um, I don't know about you guys. I was actually kind of surprised that Alistair went for the quick submission and not trying to do a little ground and pound, see what we could do. Because when Alistair went down, Stipe took the ground and pound route, and you saw how it turned out. Yeah. So, and, and Al- I mean, ground pound from Alistair is something that no heavyweight wants to be in. And I think that he probably he may have cost himself actually being the heavyweight champion by, by trying that guillotine, uh, the way, uh, doing that. I, I kind of had a similar thought to that, too. Um, you know, they kind of mentioned in the pre-fight show or whatever it was uh, about Alistair having pretty good jiu-jitsu, but he hadn't had a finish since 2009. And... Right. I, I was really surprised that he tried to go for the quick submission instead of trying to ground and pound Stipe out, especially when he had him in trouble like that. It wasn't like he caught Stipe in on a shot or something like that. It, you know, you legitimately dropped him onto his ass. You, you should have probably taken the ground and pound approach, and you would be the heavyweight champion now. Yeah, it's not like he was down and was getting rocked on the ground and tried to, you know, turn and gave up his back and then the smish was locked in he was knocked down didn't show too many signs of being rocked right and he went right for the it's not like when you play the v- a video game and once the guy goes down he tries the submission and like in three seconds it gets broken out yep Dave what what do you think uh, to me you know Alistair Overeem's power is in his legs and he's got brutal brutal kicks we've seen uh, and what happened to Brock Lesnar when when Alistair landed one liver kick yeah. and crumbled that monster? You know, I, I thought yeah. when uh, when when Overeem immediately got—I mean, quickly got him and knocked him down—that attacking him on the ground was probably not his best option. I know that um, when you see a guy on the ground, your your first instinct is to go after him, but I thought maybe he should have. Uh, uh, when he seen that it wasn't going to get sunk in, stand back up and try to reset. Um, but uh, Stipe, to his credit, uh, acted like a champion. Yeah. He didn't panic. He, yeah. he was done, but he wasn't out, and, and he stayed calm, and uh, he was able to escape a pretty deep guillotine because uh, 
you know, even the, the announcers, Joe, you know, and and Colbert, they were they were they thought it was going to be end up being over. It was definitely a deep. He was in deep trouble. He did a great job, and just like you yeah. said, staying calm as a champion would. Even rocked, right, and fought that guillotine off very quickly. Um, but he was in trouble. He was definitely in trouble. Right, right. And when he was able to escape out of that, um, to the shock of a lot of people, and, and the crowd exploded with that, obviously, because he was the hometown boy, um, that's when Miocic took over and ended up finishing this fight. But the, the main thing I took out of that was his his resolve and not panicking being stuck in a position where a lot of other fighters of lower caliber would have probably panicked and ended up losing, at, you know, uh, you know, getting that sunken deeper by panicking. He he rolled out perfectly. He, he moved his hips where they're supposed to be to alleviate the pressure and to escape. He did everything perfectly. And whether it was listening to his corner, or whether it was training, it was natural instinct. Because Stipe is more of a boxer than he is a ground guy. He's known for his wrestling, though. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is known for his his ability and his and his good wrestling and ground and pound game. But he's definitely not known for jujitsu. Exactly. And so no. esca- escaping that guillotine and staying, you know, uh, to the game plan. That's what I took out of this. Emil Trich had a, a, a rare. Title defense, you know, we've seen that belt change yeah. hands a lot. Yeah, it doesn't, you don't yeah. get too many guys that defend it more than once, that's for sure. So, he, yeah, it is. So now he's only, what, one away from breaking or tying the record? Is that the heavyweight thing? Is it one or two? It's, I believe it's two. Two? Okay. I'm pretty sure it's two because Brock defended twice, Kane defended. He defended twice. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kane defended twice. That's yeah. right. And, yeah. then, and then lost it to Verdum, and then Verdum's lost it right away. Yeah, um, yeah I, I was really impressed with, with Stipe showing the heart of a champion and, and staying, staying calm and being able to get out of that. Ryan, uh, we'll let you have the final word on this thought, on this fight. I mean, it was a short fight. There's really not a ton of to, to cover onto it. I mean, Stipe, once I got out of there, it was pretty much Stipe's show from there. Uh, the only thing, I think the one of the biggest takeaways from that fight was after the fight... <laughs> And I'm actually interested. I want to ask you guys about your uh, opinions on what Joe Rogan and after Brian Stan also said, uh, interviewing guys after they've been knocked out. Because Alistair was so adamant that Stipe tapped and Joe Rogan, okay, let's take a look. Where did he tap? And you can watch that thing a million times. You're not going to see him tap at all. And this guy standing there, he's like, no, I know he tapped. What? Look. look." And, And Joe Rogan's saying... I don't want to do this ever again. Like I don't want to interview someone after a knockout. Yeah. And Brian Stan said, I've been knocked out before and had to give the interview. I know what it's like to be there. And I've had to interview. And so I know how it is to talk to the guys. What do you, what do you guys feel about uh, like inter- uh, interviewing a guy after a, a, like a bad knockout? I've, I've had uh, four concussions in my life and I know what it's like trying to tell, um, a paramedic or a doctor or someone that's with you, what you're feeling, what's going on, what happened. You don't remember anything. You you have a thought in your head on what happened, and that might not be anything of what happened at all. Your brain goes into this weird shock where it's trying to protect itself, and then you try to articulate that into words, and your brain doesn't allow you to do it. So if he, 
he may have in this stupor felt like that happened, even though it didn't. And looking into his eyes while he was taking, while he was doing the interview with Joe, he he couldn't speak after Joe talked to him. He just didn't know what to do. And um, interviewing a guy after a knockout like that is is not. Joe is one hundred percent right. It's it, it yeah. shouldn't be done. It it should be enforced that if a guy you know if his lights go out, just let him go to the back and forget all media after that. Yeah, because sometimes. Sometimes they don't send him even in, into the post-fight press conference after being knocked out like that. Like, let alone having to try to, to yeah. do an interview 30 seconds after you're revived. I, I agree 100% with Joe. I don't think he should be interviewed. It was really uncomfortable after the first time they watched it through. And, and Alistair still so over or, um, adamant that he had felt the tap. And they keep watching it, watching it from a different angle. And Joe's just like, well, man... I I don't know what you're seeing. We're we're not seeing it, but you know I I can't argue with you. That's how you feel about it. Like it was just super uncomfortable. You could see how uncomfortable Joe was, and and I'm glad you brought up the point, Ryan. It was it was great that you that you actually because I was almost going to gloss over it, forgetting it. But uh, yeah, I definitely like I, like agree I said, with I thought that the biggest takeaway from that fight was you know a Stipe's uh, resolve and perseverance uh, from adversity to coming back and then the fact that someone's actually willing to take the stand and say I'm not talking to someone after they're knocked out because like what like what are you supposed to say to this guy it's like it's like trying to convince an eight-year-old kid that Santa's not real right yeah your 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 brain doesn't you know your, your brain it can't comprehend things like that after you know after the lights go out. You know, he may, maybe he didn't have a concussion, but his bell was definitely wrong. I mean, he he was laying there for quite a while after yeah. the knockout. Like it was, yeah, it was it was not like he just stopped him and then they sat him up and he was a little wobbly. Like he could not get up yeah. for a little bit. So there's no reason to be interviewing a guy like that. And that was a bad call by the production team. And good on it. Joe Rogan. And good on Joe Rogan for taking the stance. Not only. Taking the stance immediately in the post-fight ending the or the post post-card ending conversation between him and Mike, but standing by that statement after the card was over and continuing to stand by it in the post. So I respect yeah. it. Uh, either one of you guys, any final thoughts before we move on to the next fight? Uh, all I can say is, you know, what's next for Stipe because it's like that heavyweight division is. Well, such a it's such a toss up, right? Well, like one these one punches and the number one contender is now number ten. Number ten's number one. Like so much is shaking it up, and I think we'll clear we'll clear up the the heavyweight division a little bit more in this next fight on what we think is probably going to happen for Stipe. Uh, Dave, do you got anything else you want to talk about with no, uh, Miocic and Overin fight? Not so much as. Um, uh, Stipe you know, remains the champion. He's going to go out and defend that belt again. But uh, you know, Overeem's not a, a young fighter, so uh, I think another part to be interested to see is where Overeem goes. Um, yeah, building back up to trying to get another shot later on down the line. I don't know if there. I mean, I don't know if there is another shot for Overeem. I mean, this is his first title shot in the organization. It's his first title shot in how long so in any organization. Exactly, and that's why I'm curious to see what happens to him after this because I, as much as, you know, there's, you're either, I mean, there's like, there's no in between. You either like Overeem or you don't even care to watch yep. him again. So, 
uh, it's interesting yeah. to see if he's what's going to happen next for him as well. Definitely, I think I think at this point in his career, it's kind of just start stacking up money fights and and banking as much bank, cash as banking as much cash as you can. You're going to just be a gatekeeper. Maybe go well, and seeing seeing him running away in that fight too, yeah. kind of was mm-hmm. like, uh, that's not the Overeem I grew up watching. Like he, this is the guy that would just stand and just to, he, he would like look through your soul, and now he's running away in one of his biggest fights ever. Like, eesh. well, when you don't have that testosterone <laughs> in your back pocket, uh, it was it was horse meat. Horse tainted, meat, remember? Tainted horse oh, meat. Yeah, yeah sorry. you're not living on that diet of tainted horse meat and stuff. Uh, you know, you're not not as your balls aren't quite as big. Literally, yeah, yeah. yeah well, actually, literally, they're probably a little bigger because you're not. Yeah, that should be bigger right now. Yeah. So, moving on to the co-main event, uh, man, Fabricio Verdum looked fantastic against Travis Brown. Fantastic, coming out the yeah. gate with a flying sidekick to the face. That if Travis Brown had not moved his head just slightly at the last second. Because he still took all of Fabricio's toe and arch of the foot to the chin. But if he had not moved his head just slightly, he's catching full foot to the chin and that fight's over. I don't Three think... Three-second knockout. Yeah, I literally do not... I think if Fabricio catches him with the full foot, that this fight's over. Because it staggered yeah. him bad. Um... I, I thought for and that wasn't even the best kick of the uh, of the fight. No, the best kick was the one body he shot. To Edmund afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> well, and the body shot he threw earlier in the first round with that combo too. But uh, I thought Fabricio Verdum just looked super impressive, especially coming off of the way that he got knocked out by Stipe. He looked focused. I mean, he wasn't tentative at all. Coming out flying with a coming out with a flying sidekick. That's that's not the strategy of a guy that just got KO'd a few months ago. That's that's a dude that says fuck this. I want my title back. He's hungry. He's angry, and he was yeah. aggressive. And he beat the shit out of Travis Brown for three rounds. And I I seriously seriously think Travis Brown needs to walk away from his training camp and go back to New Mexico. Pussy is not him, him that. and Ronda both. Him and Ronda both need to leave Edmund. Ronda's never leaving, but Travis has a choice. Ronda's Ronda's not going anywhere. Travis has a choice. You were at one of the best camps, and you walked away because you lost to Fabricio Verdum the first time. You looked better in that loss to Fabricio Verdum than you do now. Yeah, but can he really walk away, though? Because, I mean, his meal ticket, all of his money's with Ronda. He walks away from the camp. Ronda ends that relationship, and... That's fine. Get your career back on track, son. How old is he? What's that? Travis? How old is uh, Travis? 30. I I think he's younger than I am. So I want to say he's in his late 20s. 34, 35? I don't. Is he even that? We'll find out. 34. He's 34. Okay, so he's 34. 34. I guess he is older than I am. I thought he was. So I guess that's still a good. uh, I mean, I guess it is Hegwood Division 2, so there's always the chance for the. for a good run, right? Here's All it takes the, is two punches, and you can just jump anyone. Here's the thing, though, man. If you look back at Travis's career, up until that first Fabricio fight, he was a fucking killer. He was a... Well, that, the Fabricio fight was going to be number one contender. That was the number one contender fight. away from Kane. Yeah, if he would have won that fight, he was getting a title shot, and it was his first loss. And since then, he has done nothing. He beat Brendan Schaub, then he lost Arlovsky. He... 
beat Mitrione, which, I mean, who really cares? That does nothing for you. Well, they, he, he beat him, but, he, you know, what was it? Like the Mitrione's eye was popping out of the socket. Right. It was eye yeah. Posts, like. But, I mean, leading up to it, can you scroll down for me a little, Dave? Absolutely. Leading up to it, you had, okay, he had lost to, he had lost to Silva. He had uh, draw with Chet Congo, beat Stefan Struve, beats Rob Broughton, beats Chad Griggs, loses to Bigfoot Silva, which we all know was steroid Bigfoot Silva, so whatever. Yeah. KO, then he comes back, KOs uh, Gabriel Gonzaga in round one, Gabriel, KOs Alistair Overeem in round one, KOs uh, Josh Barnett in that round one with those vicious elbows. Gets thrown oh, right, in. Right. Gets thrown in with Verdum. Loses a unanimous decision, but still puts on a way better performance than he put on there Saturday night. And then and he was hurt in that fight, too. I think. If I remember right, he had a broken hand. Yeah, he broke his hand. Early in the fight. Well, he broke his hand again early in this fight. That's another Did thing. Did he really? I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, they, so they stopped the fight. He breaks a bone in his hand, in his wrist. And it was it was his finger. It was his finger. He yeah. popped the bone right out of his finger. Yeah, like, it was sticking it was out of the bottom of the glove in the wrap. Like, compound fracture uh, of the, mark, uh, uh, the the. And I think it was the middle finger bone. Yeah, and I can't. It was early in the first round, and I can't remember the ref's name um, now off the top oh, of my head. Mini Brock Lesnar. It was. I think it was yeah, Peter Peterson. Peters or yeah, Mini Brock Lesnar. I kept thinking it was it was Drew Goddard, but uh, it was yeah, it was the little little yeah. Mini Brock Lesnar guy. He, they stopped the fight. Travis calls timeout in the fight. Fabricio, Fabricio flips the fuck out because it's like you can't just stop the you fight. You can't call a timeout. And so, that's, yeah, that's like a TKO if you stop it. Yeah, that's exactly. And then the doctor lets stop. him continue. And you can hear. You hear the ref going, are we really going to let him fight? Are you seriously going to let him fight? Are we letting him fight? Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, because I was uh, watching the fights afterwards, and I was just kind of like fast-forward rewinding and that, and I, I missed a bun- uh, bunch of that, yeah. that fight. Nope. And I had saw the, the highlight on Twitter where they were talking back and forth, but I couldn't. They didn't have sound on, so I didn't really understand what was going on, so I didn't realize that, uh, that his hand was all messed up at all. Yeah, he, he, broke, it, he broke a bone in his hand, and they should have stopped the fight. And the fact that he got the ref to stop the fight because of it, and then they didn't call the fight, was bullshit. Right. And even Mark Ratner got right on there. They, they brought in Mark Ratner right away in the middle of the round, and he even said that was a terrible call. They should have called it. But a lot of people are criticizing the doctor for allowing him to continue. The doctor should not have let him continue nope. after a con- if it any kind of fracture where your bone is sticking out of skin. I don't care if it's just a finger or just a Yeah, toe. no, that's Doesn't that's matter. messed up. Nope, it's it's terrible. So, now, do you guys think that he broke that finger when he was like five knuckles deep in Fabricio's <laughs> eye? Do you guys see that picture? Yeah, no, that was actually that was, that was after. That was after he yeah, that happened after. <laughs> and then Fabricio didn't even take the time didn't even they didn't even stop the fight. Yeah. Yeah. He kept on rolling. He just kept going with it. At that He's point, like, Fabrizio was I, I, don't, I don't need one eye to tap you out or to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Dave, what'd you take out of this fight as far as Fabrizio's performance? What you thought? With... Fabrizio looked great. Um, striking was was on point. That that flying ninja kick was awesome. Um, uh, he he fought with a chip on his shoulder. This fight, I seen a lot more aggression out of him. Uh, he wasn't that, you know, wasn't smiling. Exactly, yet. that was my... 
you know, it wasn't doing that that smiley, happy. I'm, you know, I like that he got rid of that myself too. Yeah, you know, and and he he fought with with a vengeance and with a with a fire inside of him that I haven't seen in, in several fights for Verdun. He was focused. And and on the other hand of that, Travis Brown looked like garbage. You know, he has not looked good for a few <laughs> fights now, and it's all due. I'm certain with the new training camp that he's in right now, and uh, you know Verdum kicked his trainer yeah. right in the gut after the well, fight. If you listen in between rounds, and then I'll, I'll I'll pass it off to you, Ryan. After this, if you listen in between yep. rounds, all you hear is Edmund not even giving advice, just screaming, "This motherfucker, this this motherfucker, that this that and the other thing." And I was watching. I watched something because somebody had shared um, a, a thing that Ariel was talking about on the show about her next fight, which I'll get into that more. But uh, he had brought up this fight and the situation, or someone had asked about the situation, and he was right behind Travis's corner, and he said, "All Edmund, he, he gave no advice through the whole fight. He's just screaming this motherfucker that and this motherfucker that. Get him, get him, to the point where he lost his voice." And then just gets in the cage and starts talking shit. Fabricio was not in the wrong for that. I would have kicked him too. Don't come at me. 100%. Don't come at me like that. So, Ryan, I'll I'll toss it to you now for your thoughts on the fight and the whole post-fight situation. And uh, then we'll kind of talk about the heavyweight division in a little bit. Yeah, even with... uh, Just in regards to to Edmund... I I don't understand how he has a stable of fighters right now at all. I mean, you look at, like you said, in between rounds, this and that, and the other thing, and talking smack to Fabricio Edwards and all that. Even going back to, to Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm, when Ronda Rousey was getting getting her ass whipped in the first round, and he's telling her, oh, don't worry, you got this. You're doing great, great champ. Keep up your gameplay. Like, like, no, like, He's proven himself now in three or four consecutive fights to not exactly be the greatest person. He's if you have net. someone as talented as Holly Holm, or as, sorry, as, as Ronda Rousey, that uh, uh, doesn't actually need coaching for the most part, he'd be he'd be nobody. Well, I mean, he's only known for all of his mistakes. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, and realistically, what stable of fighters does does he still have? He's got Ronda. He's got Travis. And Manny Gambirian because he's his cousin. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think he. Well, I don't know. I don't even know if Carl Parisian's even practicing anymore. Yeah, I don't think Carl Parisian's not not at all even in competition anymore. I think he got banned. Yeah. But Manny Manny's still there. He just gets hurt all the fucking time. But everybody else is left. All the four horsewomen are gone. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, my, my, really for this fight. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. Like Fabricio uh, looked so good coming back from that knockout. He looked really that you know, Mortal Combat forward, back, back, a flying kick to start the fight <laughs> in this world. The bicycle, the, the, um, the flying Luke and kick. You know, I, 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 I watched that, and all I could think of was uh, Johnny Cage shadow kick. Yeah, that's all I could think of. Like, what the hell did I just see? Like, I almost wanted to see the knockout, just so you could see. You saw a, a three-second knockout from a heavyweight, and it was a flying kick, not a punch. But uh, the rest of the fight, I don't even know how much of it was Fabricio's talent as much as it was um, Travis Brown. Well, today's Travis Brown, the one that's just not as good as he's been in the past. 
like if Travis Brown is fighting out of uh, out of his prior camp, do we see him lose the way that he lost? I don't think so. I, I mean, he may still lose, but I don't think. I, I think most of these losses, man, they're just they're due to terrible training. He's and, he's, and Brendan Shaw. If you guys listen to the fighter and the kid when they were talking about this fight the other day. Brennan Schaub even pointed out, he's like, his only win outside of Matt Mitchell, where he poked him in the eye 8,000 times, was over Brendan Schaub. And, and you know, Brendan Schaub himself says that's not exactly a world beater. You know, right. like, you were on such an upward swing, you beat me, okay, I'm not really that much, you know, I'm telling dick jokes and recording a podcast, and you're getting your ass beat. Yeah, Exactly. He needs to go back to Jackson Wink. He needs to get away from Edmund. He needs to just walk away, man, for your career to get better. Look at, and get back to the talent that, that trains there. Iron sharpens iron, man. Get back with these these guys that can help you get better instead of yeah, training, exactly. with, training with some bum because your girlfriend trains there, man. Like, get get out. You're too good of a fighter, and you're in. you're losing good years. Because of this, and and if we and as we've seen just last week, I mean, with uh, Barnett and Arlovsky, you can be you know late thirties and you can still go out there and, and whoop someone's ass. Exactly, it's it's not too late. That, that heavyweight division, they like, uh, they always say the last thing to the like the last thing to go is, is speed in heavyweight division. You like heavyweight's the one division where you get better as you get older. You're thirty four. Take the time, get yourself back into a good camp, and go on, go on another tear. You know, take it. You know, take Arlovsky too. Yeah. Just go back, back there, avenge that loss. Maybe fight Barnett, beat him again, and then just go from there and just start building yourself back up, build up your credibility, and then you can take a look at uh, at your losses to to Velasquez, your losses to Verdun. You, you can say, I lost to two former champs in, when they were at the top of their game, and all I did was learn from it. It's definitely not over for Travis. He's got so much talent. He is just being trained like shit by an idiot. Get back with Remember the greatest. When he, was at, when he was at Jackson Winklejohn, um, there was the controversial elbows that he was throwing. Yeah, against Josh Burnett. Yeah, um... Yeah, because he, you know, he was he avoided the takedown, and he was he was doing stuff that we didn't see before. But now, I mean, it's, it's the same everyone, thought was, everyone thought it was illegal when they were actually they were perfectly fine fine shots. But now, now you're just seeing the guy that just goes out there poking the eye, poking the eye. Okay, now we can't see. Now I can let some combinations and just win on decision. Yep, it's it. It, something's got to change for him, man. And I hope he's smart enough to make the decision, but I don't know if he is. I really just don't I, know for I, sure if he is. And I and I really wonder what that, how much that's to do with Ronda. Oh, it has everything to do with it. It has everything to do. He's in that camp because he's he's screwing Ronda Rousey. There's no way you leave Jackson Wink for, for Edmund and for anything other than... You know, your girl's training there. Yeah. You don't make a conscious choice to go from a Class A camp to a Class D camp right. for any other reason. With a bum yeah. who's, who's, who's going to jail probably at some point for uh, 
money issues and owing people money and going broke. So I forgot where I I forgot where I saw, it, but that was the the one of the funnier. I don't know if it was a tweet or if it was a a post on Facebook, but someone had said that the reason why Travis Brown looks so bad in the octagon right now is because when he goes for training with Edmund, what he's learning is how to, you know, how to, you know, hide your taxes here and how to, you know, how to hide some money there. And, and next thing you know, the feds are knocking at your door, but they haven't, they know that you're doing it, but they can't quite prove it just yet. Yeah. So before we move on, let's, let's quick talk about what's next for Stipe. Um, you know, a lot of people off of this win were saying Verdum. A lot of people were saying that Kane's probably next in line off of his win over Travis Brown. Uh, I really think that the two of them need to fight first before Stipe gets an opponent. I think we need to settle Kane and Verdum too um, because they never got to fight each other. Kane got hurt and then Stipe stepped in and then they canceled the fight and they just said, ah, fuck it, we'll give it to Stipe. Yeah, a lot of things happened in between yeah. there. I'd prefer to see Verdum Kane too get the winner of that yep. for a definitive number one contender. So um, you can do that Super Bowl weekend. That would be fine. Because yeah. the rumor rumor is is UFC two oh seven, uh the night before New Year's Eve is gonna be Verdum and Kane. That gives you over a month, almost two months, you can turn around and do Super Bowl weekend or whatever. I, I either way, I no, think Super Super Bowl weekend's gonna be booked. It's gonna be the reigning, defending, featherweight, and lightweight champion Conor McGregor fighting Alvarez and Aldo in the same night. Listen, Paul. Heyman. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Paul Heyman. Settle down over there, Canadian <laughs> Paul Heyman. So I think I, I, that's my opinion, and that seems to be the what, what I was hearing and what you and I were talking before the show, Ryan, that you were hearing as well, is that... Uh, 207 is, is shaping up a possibility of being Verdum and Kane, although we both we all know that one of those two isn't going to make it to the cage anyway. So you give it gives Stipe a little bit of time to be ready and, and he can step in and we can have either one of those two fight for the championship yeah. when their opponent falls out. Um, yeah, I mean, Stipe jumped in. I forget how short the notice was when he jumped in against... Uh, Verdum originally Verdum dropped over. I think it was like a week, two weeks. Two weeks. Maybe it was. Less. It was two weeks. It was, it two, was weeks, two weeks. And then Verdum, uh, like two days after the fight was announced, back pulled out because of he his said, back injury. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like if you're saying you know uh, January 30th, we're going to set it up as uh, uh, Verdum Velasquez two winner gets Stipe, someone gets hurt. I think Stipe would even just jump in there. I don't know if he would even wait. Does he mean... Oh, no, I think he jumps in. That's what I'm saying. I think he jumps in. I I think if, if oh, you're... I thought you were jumping in for Super Bowl. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm saying he jumps into the fight if one of those two get gets hurt. I think, he, I think oh, okay. you, you have him on the ready anyway, just in case, and you, you give him the shot. Because... Stipe realistically doesn't have to fight anybody. He can wait. There's nobody else at that in the heavyweight division knocking on the door. You're gonna have him fight Junior after uh, after Velasquez. I mean, he could get, the, get his loss. Really no, I mean, JDS has is coming off a loss, so you can't give him the shot. He just yeah. beat Overeem. You could. Barnett, I mean, you could sell getting the, a shot. Nelson's not getting a shot. I mean, Hunt's not getting a shot. Hunt's coming I mean, off a loss. All too. the heavyweights either coming off a loss or. Or they're tied up somewhere else, so they're just not at that 
title shot level yet. Yeah, like my boy Derek Lewis. You could sell the JDS fight though because of because of the fact that him beating Stipe. I could that see in a razor close decision. Too. Right. I mean, if you're going to give Dan Henderson a title shot, non-deserving now over Bisbing, just so Bisbing can get his loss back, I could see where if if you're going to do Verdum and Kane at 207, you could realistically, if you wanted to, have Verdum and Kane co-headline with with JDS and Stipe. I'd, I'd be down for that one because I can see Stipe. Stipe is a prideful dude. He wants that loss back. Even if JDS is coming off, he said, fuck it, give me it, I want, I want my loss back. So, I could see that happening, but I definitely think that Kane and Verdum need to fight each other before either one of them dismiss that time. That fight's got to happen. Yeah. It has well, to happen. Streak while the iron's hot, you know, he's not suspended just yet. He's coming off a win. He has nothing booked. Brock Lesnar. I don't think Vince lets Brock fight again. After, <laughs> after all that, after guns. that fiasco. <laughs> I'm dead. Don't get me wrong. Some of the biggest Brock Lesnar fan, but I don't see that ever happening. Right? Yeah, I don't know. No, I, th- I think we've seen the last of him, really. So we're still in murky waters in the heavyweight division, but there's a few possibilities that are shaken out. All right, we're gonna let's move on to probably the, the most talked about fight on the card, and uh, I'm gonna hand it over hand it over to Dave here in just a second because he's got some thoughts he wants to get off his head, and then Ryan and I will will share our sentiments on it, but. Uh, CM Punk made his debut in the Octagon against Mickey Gall, and it lasted less than half a round. And uh, Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor. He was Punk was submitted by rear naked choke by Mickey. Uh, go ahead, Dave. Well, I've been wanting to do this through social media uh, since I woke up Sunday morning, and the onslaught of the reveal of how much Punk got paid for that fight happened. This is going to be less about the fight. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And this is going to be a lot less about what we've beaten to death before, whether Punk deserved it, whether he should be right. there, whether a first-timer deserved right. to be on the main card of a pay-per-view side we beat that to death. This isn't about that. This is about all the fighters and the podcasters and the media outlet people who went on a barrage saying that it was unfair that Punk made 500 grand for this fight. And let me tell you something, how much they are wrong. Uh-huh. This fight alone is already estimated to sell, to sell two to three times the amount of pay-per-views that Miocic, Overeem, and Verdun Brown, to a lesser extent, has ever sold in their entire lives. Absolutely. CM Punk is the guy they're talking about with this fight. Whether he was a pro or not, this fight is the CM Punk fight, and right. the fact that Mickey, you know, they're complaining that Mickey Gall got that got fifteen to fifteen for this fight. Mickey Gall would it never even be in this position if he hadn't opened his mouth and brought CM Punk's name into it to begin with. One thing, just to interrupt, right. I'll let you continue. Fifteen and fifteen for your second ever fucking pro, third. I'm sorry, third ever pro fight. Shut up. Go ahead, sir. I'm and sorry. And also, that. one other thing. That- Stuff of that, don't think for a second that he walked out with thirty thousand. Oh, Dana no. White cut him a big fucking check. Yep, backstage well, that no one's talking about. Here's the rest of it too: is that all of these other fighters that are complaining that they want, and I'm going to single out Kat Singano for the same thing, where she believes she should get the same amount as Punk because she's a pro fighter. She's never sold a damn pay per view in her life. No, no. 
all these other cats on the card that didn't receive as much money, they should be calling Punk and saying, thank you, sir. Thank you for giving me two to three times the amount of pay-per-view bonuses that I would have never received if you weren't on this card. And Mickey Gall, for him to be in the position that he's in now, he should take that 15 and 15 in his bonus check. He should hand it over to Punk and say, thank you for giving me everything that you're giving me because I have a career because of you. He should fly himself to Chicago. He should get down on his hands yep. and knees. He should kiss CM Punk's ass and thank him for the taste. Yeah, that's it. That, that's perfectly said, Dave. Mic drop. I don't got a mic, so I got to slap the table. I I agree 100% with it. I you I had the same a similar conversation when I walked in the door with your brother because he had brought it up and, and both shared it to the page and tagged you and I and posted about you it. You have no idea how hard it was for me to hold that back. I don't. I did, I've, I been doing the, I've been doing the <laughs> same thing. I wanted it for the show so bad, so I didn't unload. I, I, have, I have not said all words social media-wise about this fight. And um, on top of the fact that I think the man deserved every penny he got. Screw what you feel about whether or not, as a fighter, he belonged in there. He brought eyes to that pay-per-view. Nobody, that pay-per-view does not sell what it sold without CM Punk's name on that pay-per-view. Whether it's people wanting to watch it to support him, whether it's people wanting to watch it to watch him fail. Absolutely. And every other instance in between, that man deserved every fucking dime he got out of that. And good on him. Get that money. Because guess what? The WWE's suing your ass right now. Exactly. You and Cole. They're suing the shit yeah, out of you. Yeah. For defamation. Yeah. For their their uh, their doctor. And you know what? If all, all the extra buys that this pay-per-view garnered because of CM Punk and CM Punk alone, if 5%, just 5% sat down and said, you know, these are all WWE fans. They said, you know what? That fight night was fun. I had a lot of fun with my friends. These fights are really cool. If 5% of that turns over to the next pay-per-view, those guys owe a thank you to CM Punk yeah. for an extra 5% yeah. in their paychecks. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I actually, I actually, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, the, the fight itself. Can I just jump in one last, one yeah, last thing? Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. The pay really quick. Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, I was just like, uh, originally on was it Sunday or Monday morning when I saw that he made five hundred thousand plus, I was actually I was like I was kind of on that fence of like, oh no, 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 he can't be getting paid that much. It's not right. But then, like Dave said, when you start taking everything into consideration, uh, he did earn it. And my biggest qualm with his pay was the fact that he's getting paid more than some champions. But at the end of the day, you know, after like thinking about it for a while, it's not really his fault that he got that paycheck. They can't even give it to him. Well, I would if, say no. if they, the second that you realize that you know Stipe is making less after defending the heavyweight championship than CM Punk, that's because there's no fighters union, and that's what come what's happening outside of uh, well, outside of the MMA world with all these lawyers getting together to try to set it up. That's why that's happening to prevent a guy whose first fight. He's making more than guys who've been in there for six, seven, eight, nine years and are champions. Well, you know, you want to know why? I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly why. Nobody outside of the fight world knows who the hell Stipe Miocic is. You can ask no, almost yeah, anybody yeah. out on the street the name CM Punk, and they've at least heard of who he is, whether it's from being a wrestling fan or a fight fan or just not caring at all and just hearing his name in casual conversation. That's well, that's why. You, yeah. That's why you get paid. Brock Lesnar, you know, a lot of people bitch and complain about this. 
Brock Lesnar had one, one pro fight before he stepped yep. into the cage against Frank. Zero amateur. Zero amateur fights. He took one fight in Japan and beat the crap out of some washer and got signed by the UFC. Yeah. What's the and difference? And that fight in Japan was only because the WWE wouldn't let him fight. There, were like, there was something going on with the WWE at the time that wouldn't let him fight, so he found a loophole that let him go yep. there. And then I think it was like a time expired and he was able to go there. Or else you can you can bet that he would have been fighting Frank Mirror in his first fight. Exactly. And he had less years of training as far as MMA training goes than what Punk put in. Maybe he, he had that collegiate wrestling. He's got the collegiate background, but, but he didn't have an MMA was, training. He didn't right? put two years of MMA no. training into it. So what, what I really wanted to discuss and the things that kind of pissed me off besides... The argument up and down of whether or not he deserved to be in there. Clearly, he he didn't. He was outclassed by a oh guy by a guy who is a high level jujitsu practitioner. The thing that and we all saw it coming, though, right? We, all, like, really, we absolutely all yeah. saw it coming. The thing that that sucks for him that I kind of feel bad for is the fact that he didn't even get a chance to show anything. Nikki took the took the. I kind of think it's the pussy way out of it, personally. You know what was going to happen as soon as you took the dude down. Right. You knew exactly what was going to happen. You're a brown belt in jiu-jitsu going against a guy who's never been in the cage. Stand up for a minute. He's a white belt. I mean, granted, anybody can get knocked out at any time, and yeah, that's got to kind of be factoring into your head, but come on, man. Throw a couple punches with the dude. Let us at least see something. What can you really take out of the fight of where this guy's credibility or where his level is as a fighter? Outside of he needs, he has no jujitsu skills, and you know what? He still fought off that choke three freaking times. Yeah, exactly. It's not like yeah. Mickey took him down, took the back, sunk it in right away, and it was over. Punk fought. No, no. I mean, he. I mean, those two years that it took for him to get from point A to point B, when he was when he was recovered from the injury, all he did was just practice the jujitsu because he knew that that was going to be two the injuries. big. The big yeah. uh, the big key to the, to the fight, but the, I think and I think people really bought into that, not realizing that doing jujitsu on your off time as a wrestler when you're rest when you're traveling three hundred odd days a year for twenty odd years is a lot different than practicing it every single day from the time you're four, five, six to the point where you're what Mickey calls twenty two, so we're sixteen plus years probably. He's just jujitsu and MMA and all that stuff. Like that's where you see the difference. Absolutely. I just, it made me, I was, to watch people shit on him the way he did when we really didn't get a chance to see anything. Other than how tough Punk really is. Yeah. He took, I mean, not only did he take a beating on the ground, I mean, Mickey was ground and pounding the shit out of him. He never just turtled up. He kept trying to fight. He kept going. Mickey takes his back. And like I said, he fought the choke off three different times. I, I I seriously have a lot. I mean, I was already I'm already a Phil Brooks fan outside of it. He was one of the only wrestlers of the new generation of wrestling that I've ever even given a shit about because I stopped watching years ago. But I like the dude, just his persona and shit. But yeah. I I have a lot of respect for him now, even more so. Just that he took the opportunity and he didn't go to the UFC and say I want to fight. They came to fucking him. What are you gonna do? Say no. 
No. No, yeah, someone's going to say, hey, hey, if, so, if Dana White or Joe Silva, well, Joe Silva. Uh, it was Frank Fertitta. It was Dana and Frank Fertitta came to his house. I want to give you half a million dollars, and you got to step in there, and you got to fight Daniel Cormier. I'd do it. I would do it. say no? Hell yeah. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Half a million dollars? You, you, you know Kick you're going to lose one in. Uh-huh. The worst you're going to do is, is tap out. That's your worst case. You have to tap out. Yep. I've broken bones for free. Yeah. I, I gladly get in there. Exactly. <laughs> so I, the, it bothered me a lot. You know, I do I believe he quote unquote belonged in there? No. But do I have a lot of respect for a 36 year old man taking the chance to step into a cage and, and live out a dream that he wanted to do? And it yeah. wasn't a joke. He took this shit seriously. It's not like. He just went in there to get paid. Oh, yeah. He's never going to... He wants to keep fighting. <laughs> he he realizes that he needs to fight dudes on his level. And, you know, in the post-fight, he even said, you know, I, I, I wanted to fight amateur originally. That was my goal, was right. to do this right. But when a company like the UFC comes to you and says, hey, we'd like to sign you and give you a chance to come fight for us, what the fuck are you going to do? Say no? You don't. No! You don't no, say no, no, not at 33, 34 years old, you don't say no. You take yep. your opportunities as they're given to you. And Punk is, Punk is, is next month is his birthday, he's my age, he's almost 38. Okay. He's 37 now, in October he'll be 38. Punk was, Punk has been my guy in wrestling since I watched him in Ring of Honor since two, 2002. Right. And it was always CM Punk and the American Dragon. American Dragon, better known now in WWE's right. Daniel Bryan. So, in Ring of Honor then, from the time he moved there, I was, that's why I bought Ring of Honor pay-per-views with CM Punk versus American Dragon and Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Right. For another extent. But, now CM Punk moves to WWE, he's still my guy. And he moves on to do this thing. He's not my guy in, in a fighting aspect, but I appreciate everything that the man's done from the time he started to the time he finished. And the fact that he wants to do this even after now shows that... That all the other, to the other fighters, this was not a publicity stunt. No. This was not a game. This was not a way to make you know a lot of money because he was already he's already a millionaire. Oh yeah, and he already he was making a hell of a lot more money fake fighting Bang. than he ever did getting the shit kicked yep. out of him. Yeah, and and he even said in the post fight, this is the last thing that I'll hand it off to you, Ryan. Um, in the post right. fight, he even said like, if they'd let me. But because of my injuries, I'm probably going to have to sit out for a while because I got stitches in my eye and my ear is busted open. I'd be back in the, in the gym Monday. Like, this is this is not a game to me. And that is that is where 100% I respect the hell out of Phil Brooks. Mr. Dempsey? Yeah, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, I'm probably the only person in the world uh, that took CM Punk to win. Right. Uh, <laughs> It's I true. knew he was going to lose, but like I, I, I don't know if I told you guys, but a lot of people I was talking to, I said I, I want him to win. I need him to win because this is a guy that the UFC, like we've all said now a hundred times over. The UFC went to him and said, "We want you to fight for us. Here's your contract. Put your name down." The second it was announced, every MMA outlet. Every WWE super, everyone's just jumping. Oh, he can't do this. He can't do that. He can't. Like, you know, you're you're told from such a young age in life, do like live it, do it, challenge yourself, go for it. You know, 
and he tries to do something and everyone's just you know crapping on him for no good reason but for the fact that he has a chance to do something that they don't have a chance to do and i wanted to see him just go in there and you know just throw that one punch the one kick maybe take him down somehow somehow get that win and just take eight billion people around the world and just tell them all to shut up because look what i can do that was my big thing for him and I took the, you know, I, I knew he was, I knew he wasn't going to win, but my thing was, I wanted to see him win just to shut the hate up. And after he did get the loss, the fact that they hate tenfolded over on him is absolutely ridiculous. Because you're looking at a guy that you go through the WWE roster, not a lot of those guys would say, I'm going to go and do that after what they saw. There's one guy. One guy, Brock. Brock. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, it. but you know what I mean. Like, I'm not a, a guy that's never been in there. No, no, you're match. right. Like, you're absolutely right. You know, there and, is and a like, there. Like, and like, okay, so he got five hundred thousand dollars. He's like we said, he's the name. He draw. He drew pay per view numbers. He like you. You find some guy who's done karate or taekwondo or something for five, six years and say, hey, do you want to fight in the UFC? You're going to go up against, you know, someone who's been doing it for about five, six, seven times longer than you. You want to take a shot? And, uh, so many people are going to say, well, do I get a warm-up fight? Do I get this? He just went, like, he just went right to the deep end with no, like, with no real training. There was no tough house. There was no amateur rounds. There was nothing. It was just, all right, I've been, I, I'm, I've walked out the WWE, I'm training, the UFC gives me a chance, I'm going to sign with them, like, a win would have been this, the more, like, if he could have won, grabbed the mic and done one of his pipe bombs, oh. and just said, and just dropped the mic and said, I'm 1-0, I retire, eat it, Vince, and drop the mic and oh walk away, God. just to see that, that's, that was He's for me, the reason why I wanted to see him win, just to shut the world up, because... There's no reason for him to assume the amount of hate that he received. It's way easier to hate than for people to get behind anything. I, I thought as, it was... as Brennan Schaub uh, likes to call them, the people that did the most of the hating were the Cheeto fingers in the basements of their parents' house. Except for Joe, have, man. The ones that have the ones that have no idea what they're talking about. They just watch things. They don't like something because the rest of the world doesn't like it, but they don't have the, their actual own opinion. Joe kind of did a pretty good job of shitting on. On Phil, and I was a little, a little disappointed in that as well. I mean, I heard a lot. I heard a lot of people talking about it, but I haven't had a chance yet to, uh, to, to read what he had said. I didn't really see t- as much as what Ariel kind of was describing in the same uh, interview that I was talking about, where he, um, he talked about a few other things, but he went on this rant about how disrespectful he kind of thought Joe was talking about Punk and rolling his eyes and it's he did right um and i can tell you exactly when when it happened it was during the fight and um as soon as punk got taken down joe immediately went on the escapade of saying well folks see this is what happens when you try to fight you're not a fighter this is what happens when you're only a white belt and you get in there with a brown belt you can't do that you're just gonna get beat up and he and he totally you know through that two and a half minutes that punk survived the fight he shat on him for not having, for not being an elite fighter, for yeah. not having a brown belt in Chutsu, for not having this. He, what he basically disrespected him on is what he didn't have right. going into it. And, right, uh, right. That's where I, I 
that's where Ariel went off on it. Okay. Uh, and, and, and one other thing, guys. Did you guys watch the four-part Evolution of Punk? I did not. I, I saw most of it, but I, I also I did miss some parts of it. Here's where the, the money, again, comes into play, because the embedded series going into this fight, which also included Punk, but a lot of other cats, they were right around 200,000, 250,000 views on YouTube. The Evolution of Punk, right. every step of the way, over a million views. More eyes on Punk than mm-hmm. anybody else. Absolutely. Again, more attention to Punk than anyone else. The, the YouTube revenue for over those million views for each four-part is was even higher than what the Embedded got. Yeah. Punk made more money for this company in one night than any of those other fighters did. He deserved more. Absolutely. Uh, one last yeah. thing about it before we move on. Um, after the well, fight... I got one question I want to ask Dave uh, about this yeah. fight. Okay. If I may. Yeah, go ahead. I'd ask you, Jeff, but I know that there would mean nothing to you. Uh, uh, Dave, what did you think about the uh, Dolph Ziggler-Miz uh, title fight uh, at WWE on Sunday when they mimicked yes. uh, the CM Punk fight, like taking that, that shot at him? Before you answer, I would like to point out, sir, that even though I don't watch the product, <laughs> that still did mean something to me because I was... Very much pissed off and bothered by it. But go ahead, Dave. I'll, I, let, uh, I'll let you go. Yeah, well, uh, Dave is our, is our resident. Yes, I absolutely understood. understood. You go to you for the Nate Diaz uh, smoking situation. <laughs> <laughs> we play to our strengths here at the Average. It's true. I watched the Backlash pay-per-view live as it happened because I do have the network and I still keep up with the product. I watched it unfold and I knew exactly what they were doing right away. And... Afterwards, when they made a point to accentuate that and say, look what we did, um, it was a low blow by Vince. It was a low blow by both Miz and Ziggler, who claimed to be friends of Punk, uh, who could have kiboshed it to begin with and said, we're just, you know, we're not going to do that. And sorry, it's a bad idea. The WWE in general doing that, it was it was low class. Mm-hmm. It, um, it, it also proved to me one thing that that they watched, too. Yep. Despite what they feel oh, about him, their eyes were on Punk oh, as well. Without a doubt, without a yeah. doubt, their eyes. Which on makes it. That, oh, you don't think that uh, the entire roster was sitting at the bar at the hotel on Saturday night watching the watching that card, right? Exactly. You know, they, yeah, they all were down there trying to they, because they wanted to see him lose. Like Fred Vince had uh, rounds on him if they if Punk lost. And you know, there's there's a lot of WWE wrestlers that are legit UFC fans. Yeah. And they were going to watch, probably to begin with, mostly older guys that are kind of retired now, Austin, Jim Ross, Goldberg, those guys like that. But there's still a lot of, there were still a lot of eyes on it. So they knew, you know, this was only, Saturday the punk fight happened, Sunday the pay-per-view for WWE was. So they're only one day removed. They watched it, they knew what was going on, they knew what they were doing, and it was it was a low blow and it was low class for them to do that. The low class is exactly yeah. my thoughts on it. And Jeff, so that your feelings aren't hurt, what are your <laughs> thoughts? I, I that same yeah, I was really bothered by it. I thought it was an extremely low class move, and it's just Vince being a piece of shit asshole that he's well known for being. Vince being Vince, exactly, right? Yeah, I I was completely disgusted by it, and I uh, thought it was completely unnecessary. You're already trying to take a shot at the dude by suing him. For telling the truth. For telling the truth and exposing your bullshit. So. Low, just low class. Was, yeah. Bottom line was it was it was not 
It wasn't needed. Not necessary at all. On a positive note, though, uh, back on the fight before we move on, I wanted to point out um, Punk afterwards, after the fight, before they went into the post-fight results, um, pulled Mickey aside and was, was, like, talking into his ear and was asked later by Ariel what he said. And he told told him that... um, you know, leading up to the fight, Mickey was saying about how he, how Mickey himself didn't really deserve to be on the pay-per-view where he was and all this other, all these other things, selling himself short as a fighter. And Punk told him, look, don't ever fucking do that again, kid. Yeah. You're here. Punk was mic'd up for that. Yep. He said, you're, you're here. You, yeah. You, you, yeah. You, uh, and, and he revealed to Ariel in the post-fight what he said, too. But you could kind of make out some of it, but it was really hard to hear, actually, during the fight itself. But he said, you know, no matter what, don't ever let somebody else tell you you don't deserve this moment. Even if you yeah. know in your heart you don't belong here, you fake it till you make it, and you create your own breaks. Yeah. He told him that, you know, everybody else is going to put you down. Yep. Everyone don't. else is going to shit on you. Don't do it to yourself. Yeah. And I thought that was that really was outstanding for him to do because it was, he didn't have to do that. Yeah. He felt like uh, he he wanted to do that from his heart. And my God, that was, you know... If, if anyone knows what it's like to be told you can't do this, exactly, and then not only excel yeah. and beat all of them, but excel to the absolute highest level of the point where they said you're too small, you're you're you know you're too tattooed, you're too this, you're too that, you can't make it in this, and he beat them all. He knows exactly what that feels yep. like, and to tell him that, you know, I think, yeah, and you can see. You can, you know, they have several angles of that, and you know they had the mic on them. You can, and they showed a video. But you can hear it plain as day. Yeah. You know, later on, you couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, I only, I only watched it from the fight because obviously right. I didn't watch it live. I had a show that night, so I had to watch yeah. it back later. You got your take. Yep, yep. You got, you, we were taking care of there and that aspect of it. But so I, I, and I didn't until I watched all of the fights. I didn't really watch much um, replay video and stuff on Sundays. Yeah. I was too busy hungover and watching <laughs> football. Dude, 10% double IPA is really dangerous. Ooh. It's a bad, bad news. But that I, I thought that was another thing, and, and that was the my last thought on this fight, was another reason of why I had respect for Phil Brooks as a man is I want to extend that on opportunity. I want to extend it on what you said because it wasn't, it was, uh, Punk did that for, for Mickey, but he also had the his post-fight interview where was also really inspiring where he told everybody, look, um, don't let anybody put you down. Don't let the teachers yeah. and the coaches and tell right, you right. you can't do this because if you put your heart and you put in the work, you can do whatever the hell you want to yep. do with your life. It was really, really awesome to see him after taking a defeat like that and after taking all the criticism he took. I've never seen a, yep. a, a UFC fighter go into the cage with more criticism than no. than him. Ever. And he, and you could tell, this wasn't just a making money cash grab for him. If you watched the emotion coming out of him in the, yeah. the post fight presser, that's not a guy who just made 500 grand and said, fuck it, I'm happy, I just made 500 grand and I don't care. That's a guy who that's a guy that wants to learn, right? That's a guy that wanted, that, that wanted to win this fight. The day yeah. one, he was pushing brooms. Yeah, and mopping, mats. mopping mats and, and, and everything. He, he, Put in the work, and that's why the guys at Rufus at Rufus Sports supported him. And a guy, even Ben Askren, who was a huge, huge asshole about this whole thing when he first signed on to the UFC and wanted to be a fighter, 
and later retracted his statement, watching the guy work, watching the guy get his ass kicked, and yeah. being part of the team. He didn't. He didn't just show up and act like a celebrity. Anything but. He was a rookie fighter. He walked into the K into the gym and was humble, took his ass beatings, mopped mats, got treated like a rookie, and didn't complain and just kept coming back for more. That's a, you know what? That's a big point. Is that he never once complained no. about taking his lumps. No. And you know what you said about Ben Askren being so critical of it. You know Ben tested his ass oh, a lot on purpose. More yeah, probably let's more. Not forget so. that. Uh, as of today, CM Punk has more UFC fights than Ben Askren does. True story. Oh, nice. True factual nice. story. True. I'm glad we got. I'm glad I got and to that, get that out. Thank you guys for letting me. Yeah. Go no, off absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because your and feelings. That, is, can, I, can I just give one one last thought for myself on the, on, on this fight? And it's just a, just a stupid one, but uh, I think the the biggest losers in this whole part were the UFC, well, namely Dana White. Because Mickey Gall wanted to walk out to, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. And Dana White said, no. Come on. He did walk out. He did walk out to it, though. Yeah, no, he did. I think think after... I think after the embedded came out and the backlash and people started, I think yeah. Dana kind of softened his stance on it. But yeah, no, oh, okay, Mickey, one hundred percent didn't want to. I didn't watch any of the intros, so as far as I knew, that uh, there was he didn't he wasn't allowed to walk out to yeah. it. Uh, there was so much, and Joe Rogan said this during the walkout. There was he said this is what this is what the power of the internet does because there was so much backlash Dana White for not letting Mickey. Walk out to that because he wanted to have something you know harder and more uh, whatever right, uh, right. more relevant for whatever he wanted, and the internet went off and yeah. and tweeted him and social media and everything uh, didn't let Dana you know off the hook on this one, and uh, when Mickey Gall's time was out and I heard that you know that intro for you know that yep and I heard it come out yeah, yeah. you know. And I was like, oh, they let him have it. And then Joe Rogan told him that, you know, Dana White had to give in to the internet fans and let Mickey have that. So Mickey did walk out to that song. So this is what happens when you skip the intros and just watch the action. I, you know, I watch, I, such, you know, Jeff's obviously a big music fan too, but because we love listening to, you know, the walkout music. And eventually, yeah. average those guys, we're going to do a show on walkout music. Yep. Once we have a break from all these fights, um, uh, I watched all the intros, and you know, when Punk, it was so cool, it was so reminiscent of WWE days for me, when Punk's music hit, when Cult of Personality hit, and that right at the beginning hit, and the crowd popped. Yeah. Oh my that was, god. That was like the one, the one sure thing for that entire, the entire card, the only thing that I knew 100% that I would call Vegas and bet on was Punk's walkout music. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, that, that you knew there you was know, no way. That was Punk's music in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, up to that point, never bought uh, the rights to music because they just uh, they didn't have the money, but they bought punk uh, cult of personality. Now, when he got to WWE... I was going to say, I was just going to say, when he first came to WWE, it wasn't. No, they, they, uh, they switch. a sign-on for a it kill took, switch. It, took to the, uh, it, it was the pipe bomb that switched that over, right? Exactly. Yeah. And part of his re-signing was he wanted to have that music back because he wanted that old-school Ring of Honor feel when he came back, so they ended up putting out the money to get Cult of Personality. I'm not going to lie, I used to like his Kill Switch entrance. I love that Kill Switch song. A little bit more than the... Uh... Yeah, but you can never go wrong with Living Color, come well, on. No, no, no that's a great song. Of course not, it's a great song, but I, I happen to be a big 
I was a big fan of, of that era of Killswitch, especially yeah, and he had what, with the, Howard Jones. Uh, this Fire. This Fire, yeah. Yeah, that's what Which it was. Which isn't even a real released Killswitch track. It was a bonus track they threw back yeah. on the Daylight Dies. I had to find this Fire through uh, iTunes bonus. Yeah, it was, thing. It, was a re, it. it was like a re-release that they put out, or a secondary additional track when they put out like a, an extended version of, yeah. uh, of um, whatever the hell the album was that was called. Daylight dies. Sorry. Um, yeah, so, I mean, so back to the drawing board for Trump. Wrestling music breakdown, guys. Hey, man. It's what we do. Music's my shit. <laughs> I used to play. I got a video of me playing around True story. I've seen it. Seen it. Uh, so, Punk, probably, more than likely, they've said, you know, his next fight's not going to be in, in the UFC. He needs to go to the amateur ranks and finally do it. And, guys... Can he, can he go amateur though after a pro fight? Oh yeah, um, does, I think so. Yeah, does he continue? This is the question that everyone else is asking. Do you think he actually does continue on and have? Does he have another fight? Yes or no? In MMA, one hundred percent, absolutely. Even on the amateur level, absolutely, one hundred percent. No, you know what? Because you know what's there is Ryzen. Because Ryzen is just like Pride, where they're going to fix fights. And you're gonna see him jump over to Japan, and he'll take a couple fights. I don't uh, think he there. will. I don't. I don't. I think his pride's too much. I don't think he goes for a fish no, fight. What I think he does is um, he goes back to his roots when he started on the independent scene of wrestling, and he goes to the independent scene of MMA. Mm-hmm. He, he will go to one of these lower amateur fights and fight in front of 300 people just to get the experience because he's smart yep. and he knows that's the way to build himself up. I think that's what we see next at a punk. He doesn't. This isn't the last of him. I don't think. No, I think he does. And don't forget, game. like we got um, um, uh, uh, Christ Bellator. Yeah, they're willing to th- they're willing to throw Shamrock versus Gracie four hundred years after they first <laughs> fought. They're willing to throw out uh, Kimbo versus Dada, where Dada literally died. True on the floor. They're, they'll throw punk some matches, and they have the money to pay some lesser talent that the UFC might not take just yet. And Punk will go to Bellator possibly. I he don't might get a couple so little wins here or there over some other guys. It'll be like, um, you know, it'll be one of those things where he's a, a big fish in the world, but a small name in MMA fighting other small names, and you know, put together a three and two record, and then. Who knows? We've seen Hogan go back to WWE. It's not unfathomable that, that Punk ends, ends up back there back in, you know, in 2021, 2022. I honestly do not think he goes to another pro no. organization. I think if he if he fights pro, a real pro, big money pro, it's going to be for the UFC. It'll always, I yeah. think his, he's, he's such a loyal person. The, yeah. UFC, the UFC were the ones that gave him the opportunity to to do this dream of his, I don't think he goes to. I don't think he wants to sour and ruin the relationship. He has zero fights on a pro level anywhere but UFC. Amateur level, yes. I, I don't necessarily think he won't pro fight. I think it'll just be lower tier regional pro. It won't. He won't yeah, sign with Bellator. He won't sign with One FC. He won't sign with Ryzen. That's the point. But but he definitely I think he'll he has to have some more pro fights somewhere smokers and things yeah like that. but Dana White also he's not one of those guys that says you've left me that's it we saw Rampage Jackson leave oh, absolutely. The second that he I don't, back. so if Bellator wants to throw him some money 
I don't think say, it's. You know what? Go to Bellator when you get better. I'll bring you back. Why I don't not? think it's a. I, I don't think happening. it's a Dana White telling him like you leave, fuck you, you're done. I think it's just Punk. Punk is that that guy that is right. like you know because he could have he could have left the WWE him, and gone. Dana White tells him go get paid and get better and come back. But money's money's yeah, not. I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? Money's not a motivating factor for a guy like him. He walked. Look at how much money he walked away from. With yes. the WWE, money yeah. is definitely not a motivating factor for him. It, he left millions on the table. He's he's, he's the one done before WrestleMania, right? The biggest payday, his biggest payday of the year. Like he is, he is honestly one of the only quote unquote athletes because you know a lot of people don't want to consider him an athlete. That nope. I, yeah. I I truly do not believe is motivated by money. Yes, everybody has bills to pay. Everybody wants to get paid, but money. Has never been a motivating factor in the reason why he did does anything. I don't. Have you guys seen his um, the biopic that WWE yes, put on it? I have. Now, best in the world. Yeah. yeah the, one, uh, the one story. It was uh, it was called Best in the World. That was the biopic WWE put out. The dude doesn't. Oh, no, no, I haven't. I heard he it. Doesn't I haven't care seen it about, You know, he says I wear the same jeans. Yeah. Four or five days in a row because I just I don't care. You know, he doesn't he doesn't buy. Outlandish shitties, you know. He just he doesn't. He, he always he was always poor. Yeah, he's a poor rich guy. Yep. You know he has a lot of money, but he doesn't spend. He it. lives like a pauper. He, he buys comic books and you know stays at home. He said, "I'd rather sit on my couch and watch TV. I don't give a fuck." Yeah. He doesn't go out to the bars. He doesn't spend money on drugs or anything else. You know he doesn't spend his money. Yeah, money, money. I definitely is not a motivating factor for him. It's it's pride, and I and I think. I just don't see him signing anywhere else. I think else. it's going to come down. I think it's going to come down to one of the things where Dana White says, "You know what? I can't let you be here. No, like this fight got them a lot of buys, but they're not going. It's not going to happen again. Oh not no, right now. No, no, let him go. No. Like, I, I can see Dana White telling him, "Go here, go here, go here. Like, just go forever. Do what you got to do." I think we. I definitely think we see Punk take up more fights, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has one more UFC fight, and it coincides with a return to to Vince. I, I don't know. I just have a feeling that we're gonna. It's all gonna come full circle eventually. That's. I mean, that's not an unheard of theory. It's possible. You know, there, there's a lot of truth to that. I thought about it being a possibility, but I don't know. I don't know if he. Vince obviously has the ability to forgive and forget with a lot of people. I don't know if he wants to ever I don't go. Think yeah, it's not forgiving and forgetting. It's that guys give him money. Well, yeah. That's what he does. But after being fired on your wedding day, after the way that they fired <laughs> and, and treated his wife, yeah. I don't see him wanting to go back. He can make money doing other things. He doesn't have he to go back to wrestling. Nothing. He can go back to Ring of Honor if he really wants to. They're owned by St. Clair Broadcasting now. They're... Making more money than TNA. Yeah, yeah. Sinclair Broadcasting may not be that big, you know, USA Network, but Ring of Honor is on fire still. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're awesome. I love it to this day. So let's let's move on. We got we got a little bit of this card left. We need to break down. So we're done talking wrestling. Yeah, we're done talking for wrestling now. for now. <laughs> um, in a completely lopsided ass whooping, Jimmy oh Rivera God. beat the crap out of your right favorite. Your eye favorite looked god awful. Yeah, man. Awful. Other than a really good eye poke, he <laughs> poked him in the eye quite well and kicked him in the nuts pretty good. Other than that, Faber looked like complete trash. Um, I was, um, I was in Facebook Messenger with 
a good friend of mine, another local musician, Joey Latagast. Yep. I know Joey listens to the show. He's going to appreciate this shout-out to him. So, Joey is... Um, is an MMA fan as well, and he is a big fan and has been of Uriah Faber since WC days. Um, so I was more talking to Joey about Faber than anyone else on this card, trying to explain to him what's going on, and, and all I could say was, dude, your, your boy is done. You're your, done. Your, your boy looks like shit, man. It's it's time to hang it up, and I was talk, trying to explain to him the fight, and Joey was like, dude, it's time for him to be a trainer or something, right? And I was like, I don't know where... Uriah goes if he wants to uh, announce or do whatever, but Uriah is looking really, really bad. He looked terrible. You know, terrible. Uh, I mean, this Luke is the Rivera f- picked him apart on every level. This is the first non-title fight he has lost in thirteen fights. Like Uriah was twelve and zero in non-title it's, fights coming in. It's it's the that's it's the second time he lost a non-title fight, and it's the first time he's lost to someone who's never champion. Because yep. the only other time was Frankie Edgar. Yep. Yeah, I, I forget about. Well, yeah, like, well and Frankie and Frankie was a weight class up too, so they don't really. He went up back up to forty five. Yeah, you're right. He jumped up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the thing most besides Jimmy Rivera's performance, I thought he looked really good. Solid. Solid. Um, Amazing. The, yeah. the shocking thing to me is now is Rivera's ranked. He cracked the rankings, but Uriah's still ranked ahead of him. How do you get dominated? Straight, unanimous, 30-27 domination. How? 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 Well, because well, Uriah was going to that fight rank, I believe, four? Yeah, way too high still. And Rivera was 15 or 10 or 12. He wasn't, so he, he wasn't 10. You can't move him that, that much. I do agree with you, though, that... They, to, it's, it's one of those situations where the guy that won was ranked so far below that he, he can't pass him, but the performance says that he should be ahead of him. Yeah, Jimmy cracked into the top ten and moved up to seven. Uriah dropped to six. That's I mean that's that's fair. That's fair. Jimmy did move up quite a bit. Yeah, you know maybe he didn't. You know maybe it should have been Jimmy six, Uriah seven. But you know at that point they're kind of splitting hairs because they're so. They're so close. And Jimmy's performance here really opened my eyes to him. He did a great job against a high-level competitor. Absolutely. Uh, he was a game performer that Yeah. Time. Ryan, you okay over there? Hey, the, the, those fall allergies getting uh, you out there in Canada? No, I'm, 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 I'm just kind of in tears. Uh, I was hoping we'd skip over this fight. Oh, I just heard you coughing. Uh, I thought maybe uh, the, uh, the spring has been, a, been a, one of the reasons why I really started getting into MMA and watching it years and years ago when uh, the score here in Canada, would the, the only way you could find MMA was through a random cable channel that would only cover WEC. And I saw your favorite. I've been a fan of his since, you know, Christ 1800, it feels like. <laughs> and... Uh, to see uh, seeing him against Cruz, I thought you know you, you could make some excuses of you know the, the, his shorts ripping apart. He couldn't move as crisp. Maybe that shot wouldn't have affected him that much. But it's clear that 36 after 18 years of professional fighting plus amateur fights and all that stuff, it's 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 what they, it, they always say that you lose your chin. But sometimes you just lose it. And uh, it was clear after that fight that it's time for Uriah just to 
hang up the gloves. I mean, he's got the gym. He's got tons of real, real estate. estate. He's, he's got, got so much. He has so much money in the bank, sure. and he has so much uh, money making uh, things going on right now. You can say he schemes. Need to it's fight. Fine. You can he's say he's schemes. He's not going to get the belt. What's that? Sorry. I said you can say money making schemes. It's fine. We, we've oh, heard the, no, it's, not, it, it's not a scheme. Get out of here. I mean, we've heard, we've heard the <laughs> stories about how he I'll rips off team alpha male fighters. I'm scheming. I'll put you in ankle lock. Make it tap, Jeff. Listen, I'm just saying the rumors are out there. The words out there about how he schemes and makes money off of the team alpha male fighters. It's okay. We can talk about it. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's one of those things. Like it, it, you know, it just happens, right? Eventually, the body can only take so much, and. That that performance against Rivera. I mean, don't. I'm not trying to take anything away from Rivera because he's one of those guys that's going to make 135 really interesting. Absolutely. Uh, I think. uh, I think the 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 biggest losers here was UFC in a slight way because I was. I'm thinking that they were really hoping that a Uriah Faber would win so that they could do a fight card that would have Cruz and Garbrandt. And Dillashaw favor, and now all of a sudden there's been a wrench thrown in that plan. Yeah, just the way that everything, not having anything laid out for Cruz after it's been almost three months since Cruz beat Favor, and there hasn't been a title fight announcement. We've seen TJ win and Garbrandt win, where they're waiting and waiting and waiting. It just seems like this was the fight that they want to see what was going to happen. Uh, even and up, now. Uh, and, I, and now I think we're going to end up seeing TJ Gar, uh, versus Garbrandt for number one. I think they skip TJ altogether and they just give the fight to Garbrandt. That's what I, I see, really think. Though. I don't think it's right, but I think that's what's going to happen because TJ, since beating a Sunsaw, other than showing up on Joe Rogan, which I was listening to on the way over here, the beginning of the show, and didn't get deep into it, but other than that, TJ's been dead quiet since beating a Sunsaw. Well, uh,. If you have the time after the Joe Rogan, listen to yesterday's fighter and the kid because he was there, and that that's where they were kind of breaking down Garbrandt as well, and Cruz and and T, with, with TJ, and he gets into it a little bit there. It's kind of interesting to see his take. So even off a loss, I think you can still sell uh, Faber Dillashaw. Absolutely, the rivalries there. You, you know, can they, sell they still have a connection uh, where you could sell that. Yeah, uh, but I mean, now you're seeing a Cruz that's. Or a, a favorite that's lost to Cruz. You've seen a favorite that's lost to an up and comer. I don't know if you can relate. If you're looking all of a sudden and putting him on a on a, a Fox card, and do they really want to put them on a like on a Fox card right now? I mean, because, yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't see them putting them on a pay per view. Well, TJ hasn't fought on uh, pay per view since he beat Joe Soto. Anyway, he's not really a pay the pay per view guy. He's yeah, he was, he was on he was on pay per view two hundred. Oh no, he was no, uh, he wasn't. He was he's on FS one. Yeah, he was on the prelims. He hasn't. Yeah, and him, right. him and that's Dominic right. was a Fox card. He hasn't fought Brown, on pay per view since Cruz, that. And so he's on three straight. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, Joe Soto when he when he had to step in for Burrell was the last time that TJ fought on pay per view. Yeah. <laughs> We know that that didn't sell, and that for didn't shit. sell for shit. Because I think Burrell it barely. I think it was a hundred, maybe a hundred, hundred and twenty thousand. Still sells more than Mighty Mouse. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's because there's only like three people in the world, and I'm one of them that would pay a hundred dollars to see one twenty-five, one thirty-five, one forty-five, one fifty-five. <laughs> I would pay for all those weight classes, but one hundred twenty-five. 
I'm a huge fan of the 135s. I don't think it's. I think it sucks they don't get pay per views. But 125, I could go without ever watching Demetrius Johnson go headline a pay per view again. But that's just me. Um, I, I've always liked the lighter weight class and the, the smart I action. Too. I just what the, the UFC's only problem is that they just have that dominant champion. Like 170 and 185, even though there were some good names for a while there, GSP and Anderson Silva made it so boring that you almost could just skip the pay-per-view because you knew what was going to happen yeah. until until the uh, GSP walking away or Anderson Silva eventually dropping his hands caught up to him. Now both those divisions are fun again. If Demetrius Johnson jumps up to 135 or loses his belt... 125 is going to be a very, very fun division. I mean, let, let's not just say GSP walked away. Johnny Hendricks beat GSP into retirement, but I digress. <laughs> we have two but fights. Did he, did he take his belt and walk and say, I'm, I'm, I'm walking away for a bit? I think so. That's because the, judges, the judges were nice enough to let him keep his belt. That it's, belt should have been Johnny's. And it's not retiring if he comes back and beats uh, Nick, uh, Nick Diaz and then Nick Diaz has got to pay the hundred grand again. He's still seventy-five. Yeah, yeah say so Nick Diaz has got to pay almost a hundred grand to the NSAC before they even will reinstate him. So he's paid twenty-five so far. He yeah, still owes him yeah he's got my pretty bank. He's got a little bit of time. He's got a little bit of things left to do before we even can talk about that. We got two fights. Let's uh, left to cover before we uh, preview this upcoming card for this weekend and get the hell out of here. Uh, Jessica Andrade. Really just destroyed by poor JoJo Calderwood. I love her so much. That was yeah. the thing I was uh, watching this fight. It was like, oh, here comes uh, you know Jeff's girl. He loves JoJo. And um, I don't feel good about JoJo in this fight because Andrash is a killer. She's an absolute killer. And she just mauled her on the ground. There was Once that fight dropped to the ground, there was nothing. Was it. it was over. It wasn't so much JoJo was out of the water in the ground. It's just Andrade is a she's a mauler. No, JoJo's JoJo's got good submission skills. She's very she's really accomplished grappler. Um, I, I I was bummed out at it, but Jessica Andrade, especially dropping down to 115 pounds, is a killer. She is dangerous as shit. Extremely at 115 pounds. Very very dangerous. Wasn't a lot in this fight because it ended so you know before the end of the you know ended right. the first round, um, but uh, still something to take away watching watching the performance of Jessica Andrade. Yeah. Ryan and how and how crazy um, was it the her last fight uh, JoJo when she was going up against uh, Laterno and everyone said ah oh, well Laterno just went five rounds with. Uh, with Joanna, this is going to be ugly. And Joe just picked her apart. Yeah. And then Joe just says, "I want a new contract. Like, look what I'm getting paid. Look where I'm. Like, blah blah blah. All that stuff." And the UFC goes, "Oh, don't worry. Yeah, we're going to take care of you because clearly you're on the up and going. Here we go. Here's a new contract. Here's your money." And then you saw that, <laughs> and all of a sudden it was just like, "Holy crap!" The UFC's right there now. If we have one more fight to pay her right now, we can just send her back down to Invicta. Yeah, you know, though, honestly, I I don't know how much of a, a chance anyone would have had against that Jessica Andrade. She, at 115 pounds, is a tank. 
She because she's so much I'm, bigger. I, I I really want to see. Uh, I want to see her take on uh, on Claudia next. That, and that's the fight that makes the most sense. You have to. That, that has to like that 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 would be. I mean, you can get rid of uh, Landsberg and Cyborg and put those two on the, on next week's uh, fight night. Co-main and I'm fine with it. Not main evented. That Gary knows in the main event right now. At least next time, if we or if we can switch up the main event to be Andrade and, and Claudia, at least she's gonna have like a fun fight where you don't know the outcome. Well, I'm saying co-main it, co-main it with with Cyborg. Let Cyborg headliner card. It's fine. Yeah, but we know that Cyborg's gonna win. At least well, we think it's gonna be fun. Until Cyborg Andrew. makes 135 pounds, no one is gonna beat her. Nah, uh, can she make? She made 136.5. Yeah, she's got a... Never mind, I'm not even going to make that statement. <laughs> Leave her penis out of the... <laughs> Thank you, sir. Hey, she's going to fight Joe Rogan, Jeff. Be careful. Joe Rogan would kill her. Kill her. He'd put his shin up against her face. Crap. What would you do against her? I would cry. Wave your white flag and tap the ground? I would, I would... You would watch me climb over the cage like an old-school WWE cage match. I carry a, back, gun, a gun for a reason. Back when they had, back when they had the solid steel cage, not the, the fence. One. Yeah, the blue one, <laughs> not not the fence. Climb the climb the cage, and my feet touch the outside first. I be, I beat Cyborg. I win, and I leave. I can run faster than she can. I think. I can. I will make sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? That's true. Because they say that when you're about to die, you can always go faster and harder. Yeah, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just got to be faster than the other person you're running from the bear with. <laughs> so let's wrap it up here with the headlining card of the FS1 prelim. Um, I kind of, I think it's bullshit, but Betchko Air got the win 29-28, 29-28 in a split decision. Like Dave and I were talking before we got on the phone with you, it's the first time I've ever agreed with Sal D'Amato because Sal D'Amato gave the fight to Jessica I 29-28. And... I honestly think Jessica I won this fight. I think she dominated more. I missed this fight, so I'm just let you guys just go at it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I think I had uh, more aggression yep. and better acting on control. The striking, there was uh, you know no takedowns. Jessica uh, stuffed three, uh, but there was no takedowns or control to be spoken of. Um, and the strikes were very similar, but I thought uh, I had more control and presence and aggression and all the other things that they look for and that's why I gave it two or two to one. I thought she landed more as well, personally. I mean the, the total strikes says differently but and but she was definitely she landed more than the significant and I, I just thought she won this fight. I think she kinda got hosed a little bit. Um I honestly had picked Batch to Got to piece her up and, and probably knock her out. That's what I kind of thought was going to happen, too. Early, but Jessica looked good. She looked solid. I, I And she looked good. Her. And she looked good. <laughs> and she looked good. So, um, a couple of fights, you know, on the undercards that were, were pretty good. Uh, Drew Dobber had a beautiful knockout of Gonzalez. We don't really need to get into it too much. Uh... Nick Lentz coming back into the cage, picks up a TKO. Brad Tavares beat uh, Cal Magales by uh, decision. And uh, Yancey Madero gets the performance of the night sub over Sam Spencer in the second round. Overall, decent card. I don't think it sells as much without Punk. and uh, But I give the card a solid Even with Punk, I, uh, that, card wasn't, like, that card wasn't the greatest even with that fight. 
overall, the, the, the card was okay. Um, nothing great. I, there wasn't a lot to come out of it other than some weird stuff of eye pokes and coach kicks and ninja flying kicks. But otherwise, <laughs> um, you know, I didn't get a lot out of the fight. I gave it a, probably a B- minus total overall. Um, it was okay, but it wasn't great. Yeah, I'd probably go for, just to say a, a B, only because of the uh, of the aftermath. You know, like just what came from the fights. Like, doesn't usually ha- they normally we don't see what we saw afterwards. So I think that you know Joe Rogan not want to talk to knocked out guys with Fabricio trying to or yeah Fabricio trying to fight coaches and. And, and for like, so a guy like CM Punk who's actually willing to give praise to people, I think the fight kind of did jump up a little bit. Or the, the card jumped up a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, let's quickly touch on this uh, this card coming up this weekend. Uh, not a lot of of really good fights worth mentioning. This is going to be probably one of those cards again that we talk about next week with some some surprises, uh, new guys that we didn't really know much about, but. From Hildago, Texas, wherever the hell that is, uh, we got UFC Fight Night Poirier versus Johnson. As Dustin the Diamond Poirier is taking on the menace Michael Johnson, number seven and number ten, respectively. Uh, Poirier has been doing well since his return to 155. Has looked good. Uh, I believe he has had two finishes. Is this his second or third fight back at 55, Ryan? Uh, I want to say it's his third. I know... If, uh, was Joe Was Joe Duffy... Yeah, yes. So Duffy Duffy was his first fight back, right? At yeah, yeah, I know he has one after Duffy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had the win over two. Bobby Green on the 199. Yeah, Bobby Green, that was the fight. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he... That was a 198 or 199, right? 199. The Rockhold, right. Rockhold fight. Um... Yeah, so after he lost to he beat Diego Ferreira, beat Yancey Madero, and then decided to go back up to 55. And he's looked, you know, I want to say he looks like a gem, but he looks like a diamond really after that. What do you guys, what do you think is his chances against Michael Johnson? Oh, personally, um, good. I, um, yeah. I, I think, um, uh, Dustin Poirier is too well versed on uh, a great knockout artist uh, as well as uh, tremendous submissions. Um, Michael Johnson, a uh, pretty explosive fighter, but tends to go to the judges more so than not. Yep. And for me, um, I got Poirier winning this one and probably a finish and uh, continue. You know, he's won seven of eight, and I think he continues that on, and he has good success at 55. Where he's at now, and we're gonna see uh, Portier move up a little bit. Okay, uh, Ryan. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna Clemson bias. I'm a big Michael uh, Michael Johnson fan since his days on the Ultimate Fighter. I've been following him really closely. I really like I really like what he does, even if it is decisions. Uh, I mean, he was on a tremendous streak up until he fought Nate Diaz. Yeah, and then he looked like and that really, crap. you know, that really put the old stick in the bicycle spoke, at the, the, so to speak. Um, I think that if he can get him down 
and do like work the wrestling, do a little bit of ground and pound, kind of soften him up a little bit in the early rounds. I think that I don't think we'll see a finish for Michael Johnson. I don't, I, no, I don't think we'll see a finish at all. I think it'll be a decision. Uh, but I think that Michael Johnson's best way to to win the fight is to take him down, ground and pound him, and then work the stand up in the in the later rounds. Uh, I think I think Michael Johnson takes it and kind of gets everything back on track. I'm uh, I'm actually with Dave here. I think Poirier gets a second round finish. Um, I mean, Dave didn't call the round obviously, but I think I think Dustin finishes him up in the second round either by submission or KO. I. I I don't I don't like Johnson's affinity for for taking it to the judges. I don't know how he does in a five rounder if it gets into the championship rounds. Uh, Is this his first five round fight or scheduled five round fight? That, that I can remember. Um, him and, I don't know if the Nate Diaz fight was a main event. Yeah, I don't remember if, if the Nate. Co-main. I was trying to remember if the Nate Diaz fight was a co or a main. It was a co with Dos Anjos and, and Cerrone. So. This is his first. Headlining? That I can see. Yeah. Yeah, he has it. Oh, well, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, this is his yeah. first. This is his first five rounder. I don't know and if Poirier's Poirier. gone five, though, either. I mean, I think he's been scheduled. Yeah, I, was say, I, I know that Poirier's probably been scheduled for him. I don't know if he's gone, them. Maybe with... No, maybe with Connor, because I think they were a headline. No, they weren't a headline. They were no, just, no, Con- just, Connor was, uh, was, I think, the second or third fight on the card. And yeah. Because no, that, that, that that was the uh, so the yeah, so Dustin Dustin so it's, five, it's first five rounder for either one of them. Okay, so so I mean, really, if we get over the third round, the fight really gets interesting. Yeah, it does get really interesting. You're gonna have guys going where they've never been before. Yep. Yeah. For some reason, I thought Dustin had been scheduled for five at least once, but I, I'm gonna go with I the diamond. I would have guessed the Joe Duffy fight would have been a would have been one, but no, it wasn't the Duffy fight five rounds? It was. It was because he, he won my decision. No, no it wasn't like three. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it was. You're right. It was Lawler Condit. Yeah, was Lawler Condit. No, I checked out all the headlines. Oh, uh, went five yet? No, they were supposed to. They were supposed to. They were supposed to headline. They were supposed then, to headline that Ireland card that Joe Duffy got hurt. Postponed it. That's right. Yep, they postponed it through Ireland. So they were scheduled to, and then it didn't happen. Yeah, right. So yeah, you and I were both kind of having the same thought, Ryan. Okay. But yeah, I got so this is the first five rounder for both of them. Yeah, because remember that Ireland card went through all kinds of hell trying oh. to get trying to get a headline. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, so I got. Now, this. Yeah, now I'm really interested in kind of seeing the main event, just kind of see what happens if it does get into the fourth round or. What kind of energy these guys are going to try to preserve to get to that point? Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting having neither one of these guys um, had to come off of an O five round fight. Um, got one more fight to talk about in this one, and then uh, pretty much just kind of let it be on your own, ladies and gentlemen. The co headlining fight of this card will be 
Number nine, primetime Uriah Hall taking on number 10, Derek Brunson. Uh, Hall coming off of a loss uh, to Robert Whitaker by decision back at UFC 193 last November, and we haven't seen him since. Uh, before that, Hall was on a two-fight win streak with that win over Gegard Mousasi pulling that wheel kick out of nowhere. Disgusting wheel kick. Disgusting wheel kick. <laughs> Other than that, you know, we, we, we know the career of Uriah Hall. It's been win a couple, lose one, win a couple, lose one. Um, retire Chris Lieben. Yeah, retire Chris Lieben. Beat up Tiago Santos. Beat up Ron Stalling. And then get beat up by Rafael Natal. And then, I, I, I was... I was so excited for that Uriah Hall Anderson Silva fight at 198. Yeah, that would have been that would have been like the fight to really see where Uriah Hall was at. I definitely especially coming off of the loss. Yep. Where on the other end we have Derek Brunson who hasn't lost a fight since January of 2014, losing a th- third round TKO to Yoel Romero. Uh, before that, we go all the way back to 2012, losing to to, uh, to Jacare back in Strikeforce. So, since losing to Guerrero in 2014, he has beaten Lorenz Larkin, he's beaten Ed Herman, Sam Alvey, and um, Ron Camaro, or Camarero. Uh, so, riding a four-fight win streak, going in against probably the toughest competition I think he's faced yet. Besides maybe Yoel Romero in the in the UFC anyway, <laughs> Jacare obviously much much stronger of a competition than Uriah Hall and Strikeforce. But uh, where do you guys see this one shaping up? I'm personally I'm kind of leaning towards Derek Brunson, but Uriah Hall likes to pull out those big weird upsets against guys he shouldn't beat. Uh, right. The biggest thing with Uriah Hall going back to um, the Ultimate Fighter is Uriah Hall's biggest opponent has always been himself. Yep, the mental game. He tore he tore through the house no problem, and then he started having doubts against uh, Kevin Gastelum or uh, Kelvin Gastelum, and was just picked apart. And you've seen that happen through his career. He loses. He loses uh, belief in himself. It feels like he goes on a losing streak. His back's against the wall. He has to win. Boom. No problem. Two, three in a row. Yep. And then all of a sudden he starts saying like, "Oh my god, I have one. He's in a couple in a row. This is this is it." And he loses. And then it's right back to square. Like it just seems like his career is he's he was supposed to be a champion. He was supposed to be so dominant. And it's almost like he was right there, but he couldn't get out of his own mind. And I, 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 I'm going to go with Raya Hall only because I never know what to expect from him. And every time I think he should lose, he wins. And every time I think he should win, he wins. And every time I think he wins, he loses. So he, he's just such a, a wild card that you just have to take him and hope for the best. So you're taking Hall? Yeah, I mean it's a safe bet coming off of the loss. That's his. That's usually his mo: lose one, come back on a streak. So I just something about Derek Brunson. He's been in in there with guys and done things that he shouldn't. I think he pulls out this this upset and shakes things up in the division a little bit. 
Dave? Uh, Uriah Hall's claim to fame is unpredictability. You never know what you're going to get out of the guy, good or bad. You never yep. know what kind of strikes you're going to see from him out of, the, out of nowhere, you know, to quote RKO, I guess. <laughs> out of nowhere. But in and, 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 and this particular fight, um, I am going to go with uh, the wild card of Derek Brunson because I, I think that he's got – there's something about Brunson I can't put my, my thumb on quite yet. But he's got something special inside of him, and he's got um, a tremendous win streak so far that he's been riding for a while. Uh, and only losses coming to guys that he definitely should have lost against with Yoel Romero and Jacare. Right. Um, a record of 15-3, and three, he's done great things in the UFC. I just think that even with the unpredictability of Hall, I think the um, back-to-basics uh, of Brunson that I see – is going to be too much for Hall in this fight, and I think he pulls this one off in a very, very close fight. Okay. Um, I think I might be wrong, but I think this is actually one of those um, bad blood fights too. Okay. If I remember right, this is one of those ones where it was either either around like a, a Twitter beef kind of came up or. Okay. Shots were fired elsewhere, but I think that these guys have kind of gone back and forth for a while. So this was a fight that they've been trying to put together, but it's never the stars never aligned until this point. Okay. So this, so I mean, that also kind of throws it into like you know, is someone going to be thinking too much that if I want to beat this guy, that they just make one wrong mistake and end up uh, waking up thirty seconds later? Right. So. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting... I'm excited to watch this fight. There's not really much else on this card. Um, you know, we've got a few names you guys will recognize, like Evan Dunham, uh, Chase Skelly, uh, Sam Cecilia, uh, Antonio Carlos Jr., um, Yancey... Uh, not Yancey Madero. Yeah. No. Uh, hey, yeah, he's coming off a one-week well, one layoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not Yancey Madero. Yeah. Um, Lots of new guys. Yeah, a lot, a lot of new guys. Um, a lot of guys that only had a one or two fights in the in the UFC. So, a lot of opportunities to see a lot of new talent. But a few names that you might recognize on Fight Card, definitely worth checking out. Obviously, we'll be watching it and again giving you a breakdown. I'm going to be <clears throat> catching the main card after my Michigan State Spartans hopefully pull up the upset in South Bend, Indiana. But that I digress. <laughs> Quiet. Oh, is that me? Yeah. Quiet, you. Oh, okay. Who are you watching? The the, uh, the the Calgary Stampeders versus the Alouettes or the Toronto Argonauts? I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be watching the Irish run wild. Do they even get that channel in Canada? Well, Fox? Yeah. Is, it on, is the game on Fox? God damn it. I don't have, I have no idea. No, for some reason, uh, I get ooples of American college football and I don't complain. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. We got a little bit no. of news before we get up out of here and stop taking up your time. Uh, Luke Rockhold had the opportunity, actually, to fight Chris Weidman, and in my opinion, at Madison Square Garden and kind of pushed out and decided to, to headline a fight card from Australia against Jacare instead of fighting on pay-per-view against Chris Weidman at the 
biggest stage and the greatest arena ever. If that doesn't scream, I'm scared to fight a guy. I don't know what does, but that's just me. I'm excited for this fight nonetheless because Rockhold Souza is going to be a great fight. Very much. Ryan? It'll be a fun fight. The biggest problem is that it's not like, like Rockhold came out, what, a week or two ago and said how, how pissed off he was about the fighter's pay. Right. And how he should be getting paid more. And then he turns down a pay-per-view fight to do a, uh, a fight night. You, you can't say, I want to get paid more than this guy, but I don't want to be on the big stage. I want to be over here. Like, you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You have to either decide, I want to take on the biggest names on the biggest stages and get the biggest check. I don't want to take on the the lore of the top tier and do it on TV and also have no pay-per-view money, but you have to pay me pay-per-view money. Yeah, exactly. I Dude, just say you didn't want to fight Weidman because you didn't think you were going to catch him. That's fine. That's that's fine. Well, let, let's... Let's go back to, to 194 and let's watch Chris Weidman kick his ass for two and a half rounds before he threw the dumbest a, kick ever in the history. Why are you throwing a spinning heel kick, kick, kick when you've never done it in your life? Otherwise, Chris Weidman does not lose that. Like, Rockhold knows. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I agree. I'm very excited to see this rematch happen. It's a rematch I've wanted to see for a while. I was bummed that when Jacare couldn't step Rock, in. Rockhold took that fight, right? What's that? Rockhold took the first one, yes. right? Yes. Yep. He beat. He beat Force. Yep. Yep. He beat. He beat Susan in Strike Force back in 2000, and I think it was like 2008 or nine. It was what. Yeah. Okay. So that that was what then that was uh, what Straight Rock holds uh, Straight Force train, right? Yep. Yeah, because Souza was the champion at the time, if I remember right. Right. Yeah, that sounds all familiar to me now. I didn't. I didn't really watch a lot of Strike Force. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I didn't have Showtime, and I didn't really care. You didn't have the internet. No, actually, at that time, I didn't. Oh, Thanks for bringing it up, Ryan. Fall short. I didn't have a, I didn't have a smartphone, and we didn't have the internet. I was poor. Thanks. Hope you feel good about yourself. Yeah, I hope you feel good about yourself. We don't have socialized health care like you freaking Canadians. I got to pay for things. All right, fine. You guys have an army. It's true, and a navy, and an air force, and a marine. You guys have an air force. I've seen your A ten warhogs. It's fine. Yeah, we also had a we also bought a couple planes that never took off the ground. We paid billions of dollars for. Uh, well, uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but we have free healthcare. The best, right. the best thing about Rockhold right now is he scored Demi Lovato. Good True for, story. Good for you. Kid. True story. We'll see if he even makes it to the cage. I don't trust any AKA fighter anyway ever. Um, no, uh, Rockhold is the only one that you really can trust through that camp. It's true. It's true, but he still fights for AKA, so... And he was even injured going into the fight against Weidman, so you can't really say you can trust him. A little bit of sad news. Um, Before we go, uh, the announce was it yesterday? Yeah. 
yesterday that the uh, the body Kirk Florian, the body of the younger brother of former UFC title challenger and commentator Kenny Florian, had died on Sunday. He had gone missing a day earlier. Um, we just want to extend the, the our grad our condolences and and thoughts and prayers for the Florian family. Um, a loss is a loss, no matter what, and it's never easy for anybody. Um, I don't know if you guys, either one of you, have anything, any comments on the situation you'd like to to make? You know, we haven't seen um, cause of death or anything like that. We nope. don't know what happened, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter. The man lost his brother, and I know if I lost mine, I would be devastated. Yeah. So um, our Heartfelt condolences out to the Florian family, and I hope they find peace. Exactly. And yeah, I, uh, my sentiments exactly. It, uh, whenever you see a story like that, even it doesn't even matter if it's a celebrity, you know, it can just, whenever you see something like that, uh, in everyday life, it's just, you know, your heart falls for the family. If you know them or not, if you see them or not, it doesn't matter. It's just, it, it, you know, it just sucks when it happens, especially when it happens uh, to someone young and full of life that right. you think could go on for, you know, 30, 40 years. And who like that unknown of what could happen just makes the heart hurt even more. Absolutely. Um, one final note. I, I, we didn't really talk about it too much, but... Uh, his name gets brought up quite a bit uh, of guys you should be following on Twitter if you're not, and that is at uh, TalkMMA, a.k.a. known as Diz, who is a really, really good MMA insider and breaks a lot of good stories. And generally, Diz is one of the earliest guys on uh, putting out card information, and a lot of people have been waiting for things as far as USC 205 news. Obviously, we know confirmed we have uh, Cerrone, Versus Calvin Gastelum after the Cerrone versus uh, Robbie Lawler fight fell apart because Robbie <laughs> felt like he needed more time coming off of this tra- big KO loss to to the champion Tyron Woodley. So now we're going to get Calvin Gastelum and Donald Cerrone. And we also knew that Weidman was going to fight Romero because Luke Rock holds a pussy. Uh, Diz is also calling for, and, and we'll see in the next few days whether he's right. And most of the time he is. Uh, Alvarez versus McGregor is going to be the headliner. Uh, we're going to get the 170-pound first title defense for Tyron Woodley against my man Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, Cerrone Gassum, as I mentioned, Weidman Romero, as I mentioned. Uh, Evans versus the return of Rashad Evans versus the return of Tim Kennedy. Tiago Alves returning back to the cage to take on Ally Quinta. And Jean Vellante versus Diego Lima. Those are those are car, or fights that Diz is saying are going to happen. And usually when Diz says it's going to happen, it happens. And we also heard from Bloody Elbow yesterday that they are trying to put together a little Heavens Jeremy Stevens versus Frankie Edgar, also for the 205 card. Exciting shit. We'll watch as it breaks and comes down, obviously, in the next couple weeks because they got to share that sucker up here soon. Uh, final thoughts before we go, Dave? Uh, I'm finally glad to see the entire CM Punk saga come to a conclusion. It's been a Amen. long time in the making to, you know, to finally get to that walk to the cage. And, um, I'm, I'm glad it's finally over. Uh, and, uh, great fight. 
coming up with Poirier. I'm excited to watch. And we have a lot of fights coming up over the next month before we get a break. So yeah. uh, we're going to be busy here at the Average Show's MMA show. Absolutely. Ryan, any final thoughts before we let you go this evening, sir? Yeah, uh, for anyone who's interested in a really good read on concussions and concussion recovery, um, I want to say it was MMA Fighting and by Morocco, it was the uh, guy's name, he talked to Matt Brown after his knockout loss to um, Ellenberger, and and Matt Brown really broke down how devastating the recovery is and some it, it was uh, hearing a fighter open up uh as much as he did was it really makes you understand a lot more because you know you see that everyone wants to see the knockout punch and everyone wants to see the guy come back and whatever but you never see or hear what they go through when matt brown talks about having to be in a room with no lights on blinds closed door door shut no tv no music no reading for 10 days you know he described it as jail uh i'm doing the article no justice uh, i i believe it was mma fighting uh dot com uh go check out the article because it was it was really really humbling to see what matt brown's going through right now after that loss awesome awesome great recommendation from mr dempsey for you to go check out i don't have any final thoughts really except for go green um, that's going to wrap it up for us this week on the Average Joe's MMA Show. Make sure that you are sticking to the Facebook page for any breaking news in between weeks. We'll be back next week to break down the card of Johnson versus Poirier and also preview Cyberg versus somebody she's going to beat in 35 seconds. 34. Oof. Wait, wait, always got to one-up me. <laughs> For David Van Boglen and Ryan Dempsey, I'm Jeff Shanahan. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week with another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show.